Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Welcome to the movies, y'all. How's it going? Merry Christmas. Come on, you got to do better than that, man. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Bridge Church, man. Hey, uh, I'm Derek's uh, better or less better one-eighth or something. I don't know. We were talking before service, and uh, I think he was talking like weight-wise. It was a little offensive, but um, dude, seriously, he's like the size of one of my legs. Um, But I just want to say welcome as we're celebrating Christ's birth tonight together with so many people here tonight, and and uh, there's a couple chairs up here if you need it. I know the front row is scary, but you're welcome to utilize it. And I just want to say this, uh, for those of you here that this is your first time at a Christmas Eve Eve service with us, or in our church, a church like this, where you're going, these people are weird. Derek was right. Like, they're standing and they're singing. Where's the hymns? What's going on? I don't remember the hymn that way. What we like to do is we like to share what we believe is a relevant message or a message in relevance. So we believe we stay married to the message of Christ, but the model changes all the time. And so we want to meet our community where they need to be met. And so that's why we do what we do. And so we just want to welcome you. I know the first time I was in a church, like Derek was saying, his was like boredom and money. First time I was ever in a church, uh, it was much different experience, and the first time I was in a church like ours scared me to death, okay? People were raising their hands like I do now, and people were singing like they were actually singing. And I'm going, what is going on here? And I just want you to know that you're in good company. We're going to end with the song a little bit later and do some candlelight. Make sure you got a candle. Uh, if you need one, you can let our, one of our ushers know. But, man, I just want to say welcome, and we just want you to be you tonight. And so, man, if you just want to receive, you don't have to sing. If you want to sing, raise your hands. You're welcome to do that. Um, but what we do every December is we do a different, like, at the movies theme. Because how many love movies, man? Any movie lovers in here? Yeah. All right, yeah. So, like... Like some of my favorite Christmas movies we've already done. We're going to do one more this coming Sunday. We welcome you to come on back anytime. And uh, I just want to say this. Narnia, it's a little older of a movie. It's about 15 years old now, which I'm dating myself because I thought it would still seem new. And, and I'll tell you what, man. When I watch this movie and I hear Liam Neeson's voice as Aslan, doesn't it just like, I just like want his voice, you know? And it just, I, dude, I have like a little bit of a man crush on Liam Neeson, all right? Like... Have you ever like seen him like in the movies and he's just, he's just a bad boy. Like he's, like he's just crazy, right? And then he's like the voice of, of Aslan, the crazy lion in Narnia. But the other thing, have you ever seen him in real life? Do you know he is one of the nerdiest guys that you would ever meet in your life? And here he is, like just this macho hero. And so I think it's so funny, in this movie, he's depicted basically as the lion. And if you don't know, Aslan means lion in Turkish. And so that's why, that's his name, Aslan. And so Aslan is here in, in the, you know, in, where, where did he, where's he from? Narnia, right? And so how did they get to Narnia? They all went through a giant... They went through the wardrobe, they went in, the siblings did, they were at somebody else's house, not their parents, they went away for the summer, and they, they go into this crazy winter land, and they're going, what in the world is going on here? And they're trying to figure it out. Well, one of the brothers, Edmund, goes in later, unbeknownst to his siblings, and he has a little conversation with the evil character, who is the, say it if you know it, the White Witch. Yeah, come on, kids. You got to help your parents out here. All right, so the White Witch. And so she's having a conversation with Edmund, and she's like, Oh, Edmund, I would give you Turkish delight if you betray your brothers. And she does it, you know? So he makes them this, this Turkish delight. And by the way, have you ever had Turkish delight? Don't. 
It is the worst tasting Christmas candy I have ever had in my life. It's like gum, but not gum. It eventually dissolves, but then it like reforms. Okay. Like don't waste, don't waste your time on it. So in the movie, Edmund is, you know, he becomes the betrayer. He becomes kind of what we're all represented as in life. And we'll talk about that in just a few moments. And his siblings not willingly go back to the Narnia, you know, the, the empire of Narnia to try to find Edmund and figure out what happens. They meet Aslan and, and they get some tools along the way to help him in their journey. It's this crazy quest that they take on. And it's one of my favorite movies. And we, you know, you can debate whether it's a Christmas movie or not. It doesn't matter to me because in here, I believe it's what God wants to speak to you this evening. So though in the movie, they fought for Narnia. They went and they become princes and, and princes of Narnia. They fought for that country or that empire, if you will. Today, I want you to know that we have a Savior who fights for you. Okay? We have a Savior that fights for you. And he started with such humble beginnings. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will be, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and live, lying in a manger. Woo! Way to go, dude! You can take that with you. If you don't know, that's my youngest son, Silas. I, I paid him $622 to share that tonight. I'm joking, because on the way home now, he's gonna say, Dad, you said in front of everybody. I just want you to know that was a joke, alright? Hey, let me show you a picture of the cast. Here it is. And uh, this is them. If you don't know, here's the four, the siblings that are getting ready uh, to go. And, and they enter this crazy land called Narnia. And this is before they're, they're depicted later, and we'll talk about that. But they don't know their purpose yet. They found themselves in this crazy winter land. And they're like, this is frozen. This is insane. What's going on? And the characters that they find are not even human. You know, they start talking to beavers and they start talking to horses with faces. And, you know, all these creatures come, come alive in Narnia. And they didn't understand fully until they went that they had a bigger purpose to play. They didn't understand it. And so I want you to know this tonight. As we're celebrating Christmas, as we're worshiping Jesus, our Savior, these guys had no idea their purpose walking into Narnia because they didn't know their Savior. They didn't know that Aslan in the movie was their Savior. They were about to enter a journey of epic proportions of which they knew nothing. They had no clue what God was about to do in their life. Excuse me, Aslan, which we'll talk about. And so here tonight, I want to talk about us. What does this have to do with us? Are we just chilling, watching a movie, having fun? And I don't know about you, man, but that worship was awesome tonight, worshiping our Savior. Can we just thank God for that tonight? Come on. That was awesome. But we have been praying and praying for this service probably for about six months for you. You're not here by mistake. You might not even know your purpose here tonight. You might be drugged by somebody that said, hey, you got to come with me to church. It's great because we're doing something on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And how many are grateful we have a service on 23rd? Come on, somebody. All right. So we did that a couple years ago. It's the greatest thing we've ever done. And so I just want you to know tonight, 
You are not here by mistake. Even if you're saying, Pastor Chris, you don't know my story. You don't know what I believe. I just want you to know I don't care because God knows and he's going to welcome you right where you need to be welcomed at tonight. That's what he desires for you is to live out that purpose. So Derek and I, our staff, our team, we have been praying for your journey. We have been praying for your purpose. And I want to tell you this right now, that the only way that that journey starts, the only time that that journey begins, for you Your wardrobe into the land of Narnia is not a pile of wood. It's Jesus, your Savior. Now, usually we wait till the end and we say, man, if you want to give your life to Christ, do it. I want to do it right now. So here's what I want to ask everybody to do right now. Even if you're a part of our church, do this. I want everybody to do this. Grab your phone real quick. Grab your phone. Quick. Everybody, grab it. Grab it. Come on. Grab your phone. Grab your phone. Grab it. Come on. Go. Go quick. Show me that you got it. Lift it up. So I'm going to make sure everybody's got their phone right now. Right now. It's like half of us. Half of you... This is not an Amish church, folks. All right, grab your phone. If you don't have one, steal your neighbors, all right? Okay. All right, here's what I want you to do right now. This is what I want you to do. Real simple. There's no, like, emotional pull here. There's nothing crammed down your throat tonight. I just want to share some biblical truths, and this is what I want to say. Because nothing would thrill our staff more and me more this Christmas. I don't even care what I get in my stocking on Christmas morning. Well, I, I do. But I don't care as much. Is for you to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. And this is what I want you to do. If you've never done that before, it's not a crazy thing. We're not going to call you out or I'm not going to call you. You can put your name if you want. But this is our church cell phone number. And all I would ask you to do is just text yes. You say, yeah, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to believe in him. Or if you go, man, I have fallen away and I want to walk through that wardrobe back into that land of Narnia again. It's been a while. Just write yes. If you want to write your name, that's fine. If you want to send me some dorky joke or something, you already got my number. That's fine. But here's what I want to ask. Whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart tonight, Whatever you feel, like if you go on that mental vacation tonight, I don't believe that's a mistake. God has a purpose for that. And so throughout the night, write my number down, text yes, because if tonight is that beginning of the journey, God's tell you, Christmas is going to get a whole lot happier because not only do we celebrate our Savior who was born over 2,000 years ago, we celebrate new life in you. And in fact, there's a party in heaven when people say yes to a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. Now, Let me say this. There's no pressure from us. Some of you are not ready to say yes to a relationship with Christ. I wasn't until I was an older teenager. And some of us, and for me, it was because I was ashamed of my past. Anybody here, don't raise your hand, have a past? We all laugh. Some of us have carried guilt or or we carry shame. Some of us, we, we keep blaming everybody else about our problems and we don't own ours. Well, you all got problems. And if you don't have a problem, your problem is realizing that you don't, all right? We all have one. But some of us don't understand the kindness of this Savior that was born 2,000 years ago. Yeah, I'll tell you what. He is the most kind, forgiving gentleman that will be in your face and embracing you with a hug at the same time. That's the Jesus I serve. And so I just want to introduce you to him tonight through this movie. Now, let me show you this pic of Edmund here. And uh, there's Edmund with Satan. I mean, the white witch. Um, but how many know she really depicts Satan within these movies, doesn't she? And who's Aslan depict? He depicts Christ, right? If, if you're not familiar with the symbolism and the allegory that C.S. Lewis wrote years ago, that's the entire story of Narnia. It's a complete depiction of the death and the resurrection of Christ. You see, here's Edmund. He goes back in. He gets his little candy treats. You know, and he, she's got that creepy little, like, elf dwarf guy. I don't even know what he is. What, what kind of creature is that? Anybody? What is it? A fawn? 
No, he's not fawn. No, Tomness is the fawn. He's the cool guy. The, the little creepy guy that looks like an evil short Santa Claus with her. We'll just go with the evil short Santa Claus. All right, so we all got to watch it again, I guess. All right. So he shows up, and he's like ready to slit Edmund's throat, and he's like, ah, ah, ah. And, and the queen stops and says, how many are you? And he's like, oh, we're four, we're four. And she's like, four, four sons, two sons of Adam and two sons of Eve. They say that in the movie. Disney said that. Come on, somebody, that's crazy. Well, what happened to Edmund? The white witch got a hold of his heart. The white witch started getting mad, even escalated her voice. You see, the combination of Edmund's own flaws. Now, now, again, I know none of us are like Edmund. None of us have flaws. Only Edmund in the movie. It's a, you know, it's a fictional thing. None of us here have flaws. I don't have any flaws. Ask my wife. She's right here, Heather. She's my better two-thirds. She can account for that. I don't have any flaws. I have a few. And then the witch's power makes him betray his siblings, makes him betray even Aslan. He betrays everybody to get what he wants. He's living for himself, no one else. Tonight, what I want to do is, is this. I want to give you just two points that I pray would be a blessing to you and would offer some hope during this Christmas season. I'll tell you what. Through COVID and through that crazy blizzard we have last year, it is so awesome to be together tonight celebrating our Savior's birth. We're going to end in candlelight in a little bit. But let me give you just two points tonight. Here's the first one. Jesus leaving the 99 to go after the one seems crazy until you're the one. I, I like hearing feedback. If, if you agree with that, we just say yeah or amen. Somebody, yeah, yeah. Amen just means so be it or I agree. Let me ask you this. I, uh, wives, let me talk to you. How many, how many wives in here right now? Where are my wives at? Not my wives, okay? We're... I have one wife. You know why I have one wife, right? The Bible says you can only have one master. Anyway, I'm just, I'm joking, I'm joking. All right. It says not love God of money. Anyway, way out of context. Where are my wives at again? Not mine. The wives. Okay, there's a lot of you. All right. How many, just, just by round of applause, just the wives right now, round of applause, how often does your husband lose something? There's even some non-wives clapping right now, all right? Do it. I lose stuff all the time, okay? Heather's like, where did this go? I don't know. Where's the keys? I have no idea. Some, for some of us, it's keys. Some of us, it's a wallet. But here's what I want you to realize. When we lose that thing, does anything else matter at that time? Not if you're trying to get to work on time. Not if you are trying to buy a breakfast burrito at Taco John's. Like, you need your wallet. You have to have it. And until you find it, that's the only thing that matters is that lost thing. Okay? We've all been that lost thing. We've all been that lost person. Think about it. Think about that. If that's the case, if that's truly the case, that when we lose something, that's the only thing we focus on. If that's truly the case, then it makes sense that Jesus focused on the lost. Because that's the only thing he focuses on. Because he wants all of us to have life and life to the fullest. Right? That's not what he wants. That's what he desires. I love what it says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 12. It says, what do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away? Will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? Some of us have wandered off. Okay? And it might seem strange until we're that one. Eventually, in Narnia, 
Aslan catches up with Edmund. Let me ask you a question in this clip. It's a really powerful clip, isn't it? I don't know if you caught that, but when we see Aslan up on the hilltop with Edmund, did the lion accuse Edmund of anything? Remember, he betrayed all of them. He betrayed Aslan, who's Christ represented here. Edmund did not, he was there. He did all the bad stuff. And yet we don't hear the conversation that goes on between Aslan and Edmund. Do you know why? Who wrote the line, the witch in the wardrobe? Shout it off, you know, who wrote it? C.S. Lewis, Okay. Incredible theologian, incredible fictional writer. Awesome him and his good friend Tolkien have wrote some incredible allegories and symbolism to the Christian faith. Do you know why C.S. Lewis did not write anything here? It was intentional to show that the shame and the guilt that we hold on to from the stuff we did is meant to be wiped away and never brought back up. He intentionally never wrote what that conversation was in any of the books that he wrote on Narnia. I love that. You see, even Edmund right here, who did all the crazy stuff, betrayed everybody? Did he have a call on his life even though he wandered away? Did he have purpose? Yeah, he did. God had a specific call for him. He just didn't know it yet. He didn't realize that God had called him out. God wants to call every single one of you out. You have a purpose to live out. Now that purpose starts, like I said, saying yes to a relationship with Jesus. And we all have to start somewhere. And maybe right now you'd be like, Pastor Chris, I've wandered and maybe you're still wandering. And I just want you to know you're, that's okay because Jesus is still looking for that lost thing and you're, you could be that. He's still going to go after you. He's still going to go after you. He's still going to care. He's still going to come after you. And, and no matter how far away you run from him, I say this all the time in our church, you're literally only one step away every single time, no matter how far he goes. Okay, so point number one, it might seem crazy that Jesus would leave the 99 for the one until you're that one. You ready for number two? Some of you, this is, you, need, you need to get a tattoo of this for Christmas, okay? All right, that's how much I believe in this point, okay? 
When God put a calling on your life, he already factored in your stupidity. Can I hear a good amen? This could be the most comforting thing I've ever heard. Okay? How about you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, seriously, I've done some stupid things, man. I mean, it's been a few minutes, but I, I tell you what, we... We all have. And God doesn't want you to live out your calling or miss it. He doesn't want you to do it alone or without the tools that he has for you. See, God has hope for you to live out your purpose, your calling. Again, like we said, he already factored in everything. But you need tools along the way. You need to figure out how to do We can't do it alone. And can I just speak to alone the last couple of years? We have had in our church and many churches, many of the people I talked to, more mental health things in the last year and a half than we've ever had before. And do you know why? One of the biggest reasons is because we've isolated. You know, social media has become anti-social media. And I just want you to know that you matter. 
We need each other. Okay? Well, Pastor Chris, you don't, my, you don't know my political stance. I don't care about your political stance. I care about you. Amen? Okay? I, and all, I, all I'm here to do is just tell you about a relationship with Jesus that will literally change your life, and he'll give you gifts along the way of that journey. You can start that journey tonight. You might already be in that journey. Maybe you're in the sequel of that journey, and that's okay. But just know we've got your back. We're in your corner. We want to do this together. We want to be a help however we can. You see, Jesus calling on his life was not just to be a baby that gets carried out in a nativity and we go looking at Christmas lights. Granted, that's fun. We did that last night. There's some incredible Christmas light displays out there. But what was Jesus' purpose? What was his calling? Was his calling just to be like some Christmas songs or something we sing about once a year? No, his calling was much bigger. It was to be a savior, that of the world. In fact, I was telling my wife this. I love when I learn new things. And, and my son Silas here just moments ago read the Christmas story we find um, in the Gospels. And I don't know if you've ever heard the swaddling cloths. Have you heard the swaddling cloths when we share the Christmas story? Do you know what that represents? I never knew this until this week. This was just mind-blowing to me. Swaddling cloths, you know, I just thought it was like clothes because here was Jesus and he needed to stay warm and he's literally in a, you know, a manger, a trough for feeding and, and you know, there's no room for him and here's where he's at. And I thought that was it. I, I didn't know there was more meaning to it. The crazy part is swaddling cloths literally were for one or two specific lambs that were perfect without any imperfection. And so they weren't to be used on the other ones. And so the fact that they took the swaddling cloths that were meant for the perfect lamb and placed them on Jesus was an incredible sign that he was Savior. I didn't learn that till this week. I was like, oh my gosh, like mind-blowing when I read that. See, even Jesus, our King of Kings, one of the other names we have for him, did he accept his purpose and his calling willingly all the time? Think about it. Well, think about it. later on in his life, he didn't do ministry for 30 years. 30 years later, he's, he's getting ready to head. He was born in a manger, and now he's headed towards his grave, which we, we celebrate the death and resurrection at Easter. But that's part of the beginning. That's part of the story. It makes it complete. Here he is, and he's out in the Garden of Gethsemane. His disciples, his good friends are, are snoring. They're sawing logs. He's like, stay awake, stay awake. And they're, they're asleep. They can't stay awake for his, their best friend, Jesus starts praying. And if you remember the prayer he prays in the garden, he says, Father, if your will be, your will be done, but if so, please let this cup pass from me. What was he saying right there? Was, did, you, did you hear a human right there? Or did you hear God? I heard a human. Now, yes, he is God in the flesh. But I heard Jesus say, I know that's my purpose. I know that's what I'm called to do. I don't know that I can without your strength, God. And I just want you to know that you have a call on your life. We can't do it without the tools he gives us. We can't do it without each other. We need each other to follow that through. See, Jesus' call was to bring hope to a nation waiting for a Savior to be born. We see wise men eventually bring him gifts. How many, shout it out if you know it, how many wise men were there? That is incorrect. It is not three. We always think it was three. All we know is there was three gifts. It said many wise men brought gifts of three were frankincense, myrrh, and gold. We have no idea, but we put three in there. We don't know for sure. Isn't that cool? Just wrecked your whole manger scene, didn't I? I'm sorry. We wrecked our manger scene too. You know what I did in our manger scene last year? I have a DeLorean that I put there. I'll let you think about that for a moment. You'll get there. You'll get there. 
You see, people didn't see the baby's full calling until he was 30 years of age. Maybe you're in here and you're 60 or you're 70 or even you're 80. And you're going, well, I, I missed it. I, it's too late now. I mean, I'm, I'm retired or I don't know. Or maybe you're in here going, well, I'm, I'm just a kid. I don't know what to do yet. God doesn't look at your age. He looks at your heart. Okay, it doesn't matter. If you, and I say this in our church a lot. If you're sucking wind, God still has purpose for you. Everybody here is still sucking wind, believe it or not. Okay? He's got purpose. You see, in this movie, they were under law. I don't know if you noticed this in Narnia. You might have to watch it again or read the book again. The book is phenomenal. Winter represents the law, just like the Old Testament law. Okay? Frozen. There was laws of bondage, disgrace. They could not figure out how to make it work. And so here they are waiting for somebody to save them. They couldn't do it on their own. Couldn't figure it out until these four came and, you know, talked to Aslan and Aslan came and and saved. And we'll, we'll look at in just a moment. But under law, there's something that took place. So Edmund, in the last scene, two scenes ago, we see Edmund. Here he is talking to Aslan. Well, one of the other scenes I don't have for you is when he goes to Aslan after that, and then the white witch comes and follows and says, I want to talk to Aslan. She goes into a tent with Aslan. They speak to themselves by themselves, and they come out, and they say, we're good. Well, later on, you find out the law is that Edmund's life belongs to the white witches. And so the only way for the redemption of Edmund's life was through Aslan. He was the only one, and so it was by Aslan giving up his life.
want to watch more. Go home and watch it. See, this is why Jesus came as an infant for you and I. That's why he did it. To give up his life for you and I. See, the greatest gift this season, it's not the new Xbox. Now, I got like a Nintendo, like the original. It's not that. It's not a Sega Genesis. The best gift is just him. It's that simple. It's just him. See, we're called to worship him today just as they did years ago at the first Christmas. You know, a few weeks ago, I was, I was down at a, at a play, and it was this holiday play, secular environment, and they were doing all these Santa songs and Rudolph songs and all, these, you know, all the classics that you and I know. And I thought, I wonder if during this, if they're even going to talk about Jesus. Like, are they or not? And I, was, I wasn't mad either way. In fact, I didn't expect them to. And then about halfway through, we get done, and the curtains close, and it gets dark, and you can hear just the bass rumbling, which I love the bass. And, and it's just rumbling, and all of a sudden, there's a gentleman standing on stage, stage right, and he goes, and he just starts singing that song, Mary, Did You Know? Now, I don't have that song on my playlist. I know it. I started crying. I'm like, they did, they went there. They went there, not in a church. This was at a play. This was at a theater. And, and then the next song after that was Barumpa Bum Bum, Me and My Drum. And, and I tell you what, I've only heard that song on Cool 108. I didn't even know there was a meaning to that song. And all he's got is a little drum. And you see him go up to the manger in this, in this play. And he takes his drum and he sets it right on the manger. And goes, this is the only gift I have to give you. And he lays it there. I'm just, I'm just like... Dude, I was messed up. It was like Heather watching a Hallmark movie, okay? It was that bad. And then all the people around, Santa was there. All, you know, it's, it's not a traditional manger scene. Remember, secular theater, okay? You got, you got Rudolph there. You got Santa. You got elves. And, and you got all these people there, and they keep singing the song. And I'm like, what is going on? And all of a sudden, they take the next two minutes, and they've got the manger scene right in the front. Santa was where Kylie is standing here. And you had some Rudolph back here, and you had other people all the way around, and all of a sudden, as they're singing Barumpa Bum Bum, one at a time, they take a knee in worship to Jesus at the secular theater. Dude, I went to church at a secular theater. I don't know about you, I just saw Spider Man No Way Home. If you haven't seen that movie, I don't recommend movies often, you're gonna go to church if you see that movie. That is one of the best Christian thematic movies I've ever seen in my life. Go support it. I'm serious. It's that good. I'm not going to give anything away. But here's the deal. Jesus can get through to you whether it's Spider-Man. Jesus can get through to you whether it's a play. He can get through to you whether you got your butt drug here tonight by family. Because he cares for you and he wants you. He wants to give himself to you. That's why he gave himself up. Just like we see in Narnia represented with Aslan here on that stone table. We hear it break. Which if you're familiar with the Bible story, we see the temple courts, the, the curtain torn in two. It's a whole representation of the Christ's story. Now, yeah, that's Easter, but where did it start? Christmas. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's what it's about. See, we're called to worship him today, just as they did years ago at the first Christmas, and as however many wise men there were that came to worship him. And that wasn't at his birth, by the way. It was probably two years later, just FYI. Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, next part of the Christmas story says this, suddenly a great 
company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. So this is like the head angel and then a whole bunch of other angels. So I'm just like, I wish I could have been there. Praising God and saying, come on, say it with me. Glory to God in the highest heaven and earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now there's many different versions of that. Maybe you know a different one. But we get to worship him. We get to give him that glory. See, we're going to sing a song called Noel in just a moment. And maybe you go, I've sang Noel. You heard that on Cool Running. Come on, how many got your car stuck to 107.9 right now? Every Half of you in here. Some of you are just not willing to admit it. I admit it. We're going to sing it. Do you know what Noel means? You know what it actually means? This is crazy. Because it has roots in French. It has Latin roots. It has Hebrew roots. And if you look at the history, people are not even sure because it's such a conglomerate of many different cultures coming together. And all it means is born of God. Talking about the Christ child born of God. There was no father. Joseph was his stepdad. And for those of you here tonight that are going, man, my family's messed up. So was Jesus's. Okay? His mom had him when she was a teenager. His dad really wasn't his dad. You're in good company tonight. And so allow Jesus to meet you where you need to be met. Let me show you the picture again of these four. You got Susan, Lucy, Peter, Nedman, the four right here. This is before their epic journey of magnificent proportions. This is them. Okay, they don't know what's about to happen. They say yes to Jesus. They went through that wardrobe. They go and all they find was it looked like desert land. And maybe some pastor promised them that if they gave their life to Christ and they'd go there, they were going to prosper and everything was going to be great and glorious. They got there and it looked like a desert land with snow. So what did they have to do? They had to fight. They had to get tools. They had to do it together. They had to realize that God had a calling on their life. Aslan had a calling for them to walk out. They had to have all of that ready to go. They had to realize that their brother, though he was the idiot one for once, and walked away and went with the white wish, that God had to call him back. They had to realize that they had made mistakes. They had judged each other well. And there's forgiveness that we see later on, over and over throughout the theme of this movie. It's incredible. But this is how they saw themselves. It's four kids stuck at... Not, not even their own home. And then Aslan gets a hold of their hearts. He speaks into them. He's a father to them. Not a leader, a father. He trains them. Spends time with them. They spend time together. And then they realized who they really were. The princes and princes of Narnia. You see later on in the movie, this is how they're represented. They didn't see this, but Aslan did. I don't know how you view yourself tonight, but God views you as a prince and a princess. So what do you need tonight? What's your prayer? You're here to worship him? You're here to accept him? Let's make it right, man. I want you to leave with the spirit of heaviness falling off before you leave and spend time with family. Because let's be honest, how many have that crazy family member? Okay, if you don't, I'm going to let you figure out who that is then. (laughs) Only because of Jesus can we live out our purpose and be redeemed. There's no other way. Will you go ahead and put that cell phone number back up there? We're just going to leave that up here just for a moment.
before the night ends, if you're like, man, I want that relationship or you need prayer or anything, just let us know. Got that connect card too. You can fill that out. Let me pray for you. And then we're going to stand and we're going to bring the lights down and have a little candlelight action tonight. Lord, I thank you for every person here. I pray that you'd bless them. I pray that you'd give them life. I thank you, Lord, God, for C.S. Lewis's magnificent imagination representing the story of Christ. Tonight, may that story become a reality and not just a fantasy in our hearts. Father, for the person that has need tonight, would you give them that? Father, I pray every person here has family to spend Christmas with. I pray that no one goes without and that you be with them. Maybe they've said yes to Jesus and they've entered what seems like a desolate land, but you can redeem it. You're the God that redeems all. You're the God of hope. There's hope for everything. There's hope for the hopeless. Maybe there's people tonight that have lost a loved one over the last couple years. Would you give them and offer them hope tonight? This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.